Hello, co-creators. It's me, Hannah. And this week, we don't really have anything planned. We're just gonna fly by the seat of our pants this week. But I am one host of Chit Chats, and the other one's my father. I'll pass the baton to you. Hey, Hannah. It's good to be here. As always, I love speaking with you every Sunday and the release of our last week podcast on Sundays as well. This is a lot of fun and I enjoy doing this with you. Um, looking forward to another great conversation. It's not a canned speech. Sometimes we have some kind of lineup about what we want to talk about, but usually this thing just veers off into uh, whatever um it makes of it so again here we are sunday uh chit chats and even when we do have something planned we very most likely just veer off and just talk about other things so when i edit it is very hard for me to come up with one title because we talk about too many things in one episode it's very true we do <laughs> but that's besides the point um but yeah, we just had a really in-depth conversation before we started. So we're just, I guess we're doing uh, two in-depth conversations in one day. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually like to touch on maintaining inner vibration as an introvert who becomes drained in extrovert kind of activities. Oh, yes. I would love to talk about this. <laughs> oh, good. So I'll start off by saying years and years ago, I'm an introvert. Uh, and years and years ago, every time I would be in some type of extrovert function, I would be completely drained. I'd need to go home and recoup. I've learned that I need to maintain my vibration. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother topic on how we learn what our vibration is and how to maintain it. So maybe we could touch on that later, but at first we can just say, yeah. I know what my inner vibration is. I consciously practice that vibration and I take that with me into everyday life now. And so that's what I call alignment. And so when I go to these extroverted kind of activities, these social engagements, whether it's personal or for work, I no longer feel drained because what I didn't realize years ago was that I gave the power to other people to drain me. <laughs> and I would have never called it that then. I wouldn't have said that. I would have said these people are draining. But yeah. now I realize that I gave that power away. I do have the power to just maintain a vibration and not be affected. Go walk, walk out of that kind of atmosphere and be completely at peace. Oh my goodness. Yes. It, I'm totally agree with you 100%. Um, I am also a, an introvert. And I, I would say something a little bit different. I would say that my brain was too loud. Like when I was in all of that, in a, an extroverted environment, 
I was hearing all of the conversations that I was in, but it was like too much for my brain to comprehend. And it felt too loud in my head and my vibration was, you know, totally off. And I 100% agree with what you said that it has gotten easier for me, the stronger, I call it a vibrational platform or foundation is what I've been calling it recently. Um, I like that. Yeah, but the the stronger I hold my vibration, the less I, I tend to lower my vibration. And also, I would do this not, not only in a physical environment with other people, but I would also do it over the phone, like um, calling or texting. I would hate having my phone being blown up because even with a text, there is a vibrational connection that comes through the text. You're not just getting the words that are written. And I would get all of those emotions with text messages too, or on the phone. And I would let my vibration go even through that, you know, even through a text message, it would totally just set me off of my foundation. For sure. Yeah. 2,500 or maybe 3,000 miles away, I was maintaining a vibration when you and I were rebuilding our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think we were both feeling that vibrational pull for 3,000 miles apart. Definitely. It's crazy how energy knows no bounds. There's no limitation to energy. None. Space can't even distance. 3,000 miles can't affect it. No. I do uh, live Reiki sessions on TikTok. Live. They're being held live. And I would, I would fall asleep. I still do. To... Reiki sessions on TikTok. And they would be all over the US. And I'd still be getting that that energy. It's so amazing. There, there's no wow. bounds. Yeah, it's true. We're vibrational beings and we can sense that energy. I remember Eckhart Tolle talking about just people would come to him and be in his presence and they would say, I want what you have. And basically they were noticing his healthy vibration he was emitting love and peace and transparency and vulnerability there was no fear in that there was no pull of i want something from the other other individual it was it was a giving vibration and people sense that in his presence and i i think when we're aligned uh enlightened awakened uh, i don't know all the terms for that but you know when we are maintaining our vibration we are giving human beings when we are in a place oh, yeah. of peace we're giving love when we're in a place of fear we're extracting from other people we're, we're trying we're taking vibrationally taking i was like that with you when i wasn't in in the vibrational fiber foundation that i was in now i was like that with you when we were first starting to get our relationship back together 
I would say that to myself. I'd be like, gosh, I want what he has because I would get very still in my own vibration the more I spent time with you. So I, I did the same thing. Uh, wow, that's awesome. I, I told you a little earlier, there was somebody else that um, I'm not going to name, but mm -hmm. there was someone else that said that to me and said that uh, they would come around my to come around me more because they sensed that uh, in they sensed the feeling of peace and and somehow I made them feel calm. But I don't think really, you know, I don't want to give myself the power of being able to make people do anything. So maybe no, I, they just recognized, maybe you recognized within me something that you knew was in, in you and you were finally able to see it, shed some light on it. You know, one candle lights the next candle kind of thing. Well, I just told you that I, I'm fine with editing every week because I get the vibration from us while I edit. Like I'll, I'll edit after work and it's really nice to edit and come back into that vibrational space that we speak in every Sunday. Yes, this is great practice for me as well, because I'm able to recognize that this is a place of peace that I want in every area of my life, every avenue. I don't want this just to be here. Why can't I be transparent, vulnerable, at peace, non-judgmental, very welcoming? You know, why can't I have this vibration in some of the most difficult scenarios in my life? And the reason is because the mind interprets different areas as a threat or a another person as a threat. But yeah. really, truthfully, honestly, this is a universe built by God, made by God, observed by God. The even the practice of observation is by God and the observed is God. All of this is God. So to interpret anything other than peace is the false egoic self. So when, when I see a work situation or a person or whatever it is, uh, and I vibrate on fear, I've lost my way. I've, I've committed a sin, and I use that word in quotes because I, I think the definition of sin is misunderstood. It's not really sex outside of marriage. It's not really um, cursing. You know, sins don't stop us from divinity. They just show us that we temporarily, momentarily lost our way. You know, Moses killed a man, but um, he was still a divine soul. Um, yeah. The, the Apostle Paul, before he was the Apostle Paul, who wrote like, I don't know, numerous, tons of books in the Bible, he oh, was yeah. Saul. And he persecuted Christians. He, he killed Christians before he became the Apostle what? Paul. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. And the Bible's full of wonderful examples that we can use for our own life. Uh, what was his? Peter, I think, was the fisherman. And uh -huh. he, had, he had horrible language, dropping the F-bomb. You know, I've gotten criticized for my foul mouth before. And... Yeah, that's too. not a sin. A sin is to lose our conscious connection with the divinity within. That's that's the sin. And it doesn't mean that we should feel guilty. No. We shouldn't. Feeling guilty is another layer of sin. It's <laughs> another layer of bullshit.
The yeah. truth is there's only peace and love in this world. And we get to choose how we want to translate the world. And our mind is a filter and it's a translator. And it says, uh, well, you know, genetics in me decided that these scenarios are threatening. Um, we know racism. People will automatically say, well, this is a different skin color. So I need to separate myself from this. When in reality, God is presenting himself or herself or itself, whatever term you want to use, in all of these different ways to enlighten us, to, to say, here I am with black skin color. Here I am with, um, I, uh, I've been born with an um, abnormality. Uh, here I am with a, a mind that is not, doesn't, can't handle math. Here's a mind that is sucks at reading comprehension. Here's an, here's a person that's great at this. Here's a person that's bad at that. The whole object of all of differences in the world is so that we can find the divinity within all of it. It's so that we can turn this thing around inside our mind and say, why is my filter not working correctly? Why am I sensing this in front of me as a problem? Because it's not. Yeah. How could it be a problem? God made everything. There is no problems. There is nothing wrong. Everybody right now, most people, are following politics. And politics and religion have been this back and forth, push and pull for ever. Since the church became a thing and all of it, many people persuade each other to vote Democrat, Democratic or Republican. Many people push and pull with the, the, the race concept or um, LGBTQ concepts. And I think... All of that is not wrong. I think the point is to have both sides, like you said, to show us the way. So nothing is wrong. And one that irks me a bit (laughs) that I have to work with is the fact that I think we pollute our earth. And I call myself an earth advocate, but I also need to realize that polluting is something the universe makes. And that's a hard topic for me to like conceptualize in my mind because I'm like, no, polluting is wrong. Don't litter. But I'm also like, the universe wanted it that way. You know what I mean? Yes. And can you explain that for somebody? Because I do know what you mean, but somebody might say, oh, wait a minute, you're the universe. You use that term as uh, in replace of God. So you're saying God litters. Why would you say God litters? And how would you say that? Why would you say that's okay and acceptable? I've thought about this deeply. I try my hardest personally to lower my carbon footprint to recycle to help the earth in any way that I can personally. But I also know that one thing that 
I have been hearing since I was young is why in the hell would God make flies when they don't contribute to anything and they're just a real pain in the ass? You know, a fly, something as simple as that. Sure, a fly really doesn't contribute really anything. But it is made, the universe made it to be a nuisance. Its living purpose is to piss the crap out of all of us. That's the point. <laughs> so for me, I have to accept that we as humans litter and we pollute our airways and our waterways, but we do it to learn compassion, to learn to give back, to be well-rounded human beings. Because if everything was perfect, what are we learning? We would be bored out of our mind and we wouldn't learn anything. And that's not the point. And I've also realized that as much as I want to say to everybody, recycle that. Don't you dare, you know, throw a plastic bottle in the ocean. I also know that that's not going to help the earth. That's not going to help me. And that's not going to help anybody else. When I am vibrationally aligned, I will make a bigger and better impact that way. Well said. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you're right. So vibrationally aligned is the primary. Uh, secondary is cleaning up the litter. If I go out front and I see that, and this was the case, and uh, someone from 4th of July shot off bottle rockets and they landed in my front yard. Uh -huh. If I go out there with a vibration of anger, um, I'm contributing more vibrationally angry than I am anything, than I'm helping. I'm not helping anything. And so the idea is to what you had just said, align first, align to peace, go out front, be peaceful. It's okay to not ex not want the environment, you know, to be yeah. ugly and messy and dirty. That's okay. Yeah. What the, the primary goal is to be aligned with peace and then navigate the world in whatever way we need to. So I need to clean up my front yard, but I should do it in a place of peace and compassion and understanding and empathy and say, hey, these are human beings and they had fun and they shot off bottle rockets and I send them love. It's another thing to conceptualize for me because I connect with the earth a lot. I am a person who likes to go outside as much as I can and go barefoot and really ground to the earth and really connect with the earth's energy. So I view it as like, a, it is a living thing, but I view it as a living, breathing person in quotation marks, maybe like organism is a better term for that. So it's hard for me to be like, I, I view it in the reincarnation sense. If we're talking about a baby deer, if you're giving me that, metaphor right yes maybe the universe wanted that deer dead because that was the rest of its lifetime in that lifetime and 
it was done learning what it needed to learn and it will be reincarnated into something else. <laughs> That's how I view it as like, it's okay. The soul will come back. It was, the deer was meant to die. There was a lesson to be learned. It's all okay. That's kind of how I go about that. I, I like that. It reminds me of what I think that it was a pastor. And I want to say it was Rick Warren. I think he lost his son, but I, I'm not sure. In any case, I remember the scenario being told as this uh, young boy killed himself, was like 16 years old or something. And the father was horribly upset. And then he processed, he, he, he imagined God comes to him and God says, listen, I got this little boy and I want him to live 16 years and then I'm going to take him away. Yep. And I want to find a family that will be okay, that will love him the best way they know how for 16 years until I take him away and I'm going to take him away through suicide. And when the father processed it that way, he thought, huh, you know, that's, that's interesting. Okay. So, you know, in the scenario of the deer, here's this baby deer that got to enjoy life for this certain amount of time. And that was precious. And I'm not so sure there's much of a difference between someone who lives a full life and dies of old age, or they commit suicide at 16. If we're here and we're conscious and we contribute vibrationally and we're the, the best vibrational human being that we can possibly be on the level of consciousness that we are, what, how's there any wrong in that? It's just yeah. life trying to express itself as a annoying fly. If it's, if it's going to be an annoying fly, it's doing the best that it possibly can. Cause you never know, you might be reincarnated as an annoying fly one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have the life cycle. How long do flies live? Like 24 hours or yeah. four days or something. It's really <laughs> short, whatever it is. And yeah, so you get to experience life uh, for this short moment, but that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to show in any scenario that we we explain that it's all meant to happen that way. There's... Yeah. It's not like we're just flying by the seat of our pants and we're living like willy-nilly. Like there is an ultimate being who has decided all of this and the bad in quotation marks, the things that upset us are things that we have to learn. I don't know if the universe makes it that way. It's made that way. And it's supposed to be that way. That's, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. And it's, it's easy for us to say, you know, certain things because they haven't happened to us. Say, for example, oh. it's easy for me to say, I'm going to go an entire week without eating a meal after I finished a really heavy meal. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to go one week without eating and then say, I'm going to go a week without eating. And so it depends on the situation that we're in. And, you know, if I, if I've lost a child, 
and they died, obviously I can speak from experience. So maybe some of that I'm not speaking from experience, but I can say the experienced part that I have life that I can say it's better to be the vibrational equivalent of love and peace is our relationship, for example, back when you and I weren't talking to each other, I was hurting myself with vibrations of feeling like a victim, a bad father, a bad human being. And I realized some point that I, it's my divine right to be aligned with peace. And I needed to accept the fact that you and I were on a bumpy road. And so I vibrated in a place of love unconditionally of the circumstances. And I think that's what all of our roles should be in life. Every human being could have, ha does have the opportunity to vibrate in a place of peace, even in the midst of turmoil and loss and uncomfortable situations. My, my spine went out. I had a spinal injury. I was, I, I, there was a time when I was, taking a coffee can after the divorce, I had a coffee can and um, it was filled with change, quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies. Mm -hmm. And I lived out of that for about a week because money was tight. And so I can definitely speak from experience and say that I know what it's like to have a spinal injury. I know what it's like to be financially upside down. I know what it's like to go through a divorce and have your heart ripped out. I know what it's like to have a child that doesn't want to speak to me. And so I can say without a doubt in all of those situations, I wasn't always vibrating on peace, but it felt much better when I did. And I think that's our individual roles as human beings is to align with peace every moment we can. And that makes for a better conscious world. I like where you went with that because you're, you're speaking about perception. Everything is about perception and the universe views us in a different light than we view the universe because the universe has this knowledge that we don't. And the universe is trying to share its knowledge with us in the best way possible that it knows from its per perception. And it is giving us these lessons to perceive it, to perceive the universe. And that's the point. The point is for us not to know everything because it's not about knowing what's right and wrong. It's about the inner knowing that's connected with the universe. So we don't have to explain anything. And you recently tapped into that, or you have many stories of tapping into that, but you, the story that I like to point out is when you were driving your car yeah. and there was an intervention, you felt it. It was a knowing with the connection to the divine. It wasn't intellectual. It wasn't, no. hey, two plus two equals four. This is what you got to do in order to save for retirement. This is what you got to do in order to get a job. It was not like that. It was not educational. Nope. It was divine wisdom. You listened to it and you turned your car around. So you're, 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 you're that's what you're talking about is tapping into this yeah. understanding of the great mother 
yeah. and becoming closerly aligned with that. Yeah. And you are actively doing that every day in your life. Yes. Every moment, every time you have a thought or every time you see a circumstance, you run it through your little divine wisdom mechanism in there. Yes. And you say, is this the false ego self telling me that I need to do this? or is th And is it coming from a foundation of fear or is this coming from a foundation of peace? And you've learned to navigate your life your entire life, even triggers, even things that trigger you, scary things, fearful things, even these things that make a rise in emotion, you've learned to witness the emotion and recognize that you are not going to be driven by fear. You will be driven by peace. And you've been making decisions in your life based on peace. Yes. The move to Maine, to job, uh, education in order, you know, in order to take that job, the, the start of your business, you know, a big decision just to move to Maine, that that was all of these things were based on this semi fearful, but you weren't attached to the fear, you you knew fear, but you were basing decisions on a foundation of peace, even though they were big, scary decisions. Yeah, but I also want to point out that I don't just use the universe in big, scary decisions, too. I, we, I told you this before we started recording, but as an explanation to our listeners, I was thinking about getting on a plane last night. And I was like, oh, I really can't get on a plane because I don't have the money for that. And then the universe went, if you want to get on a plane, get on a plane. And I said, oh, well, you know, I, I don't have the money. And the universe went, I'll give you the money. And then I was like, yeah, but I just went to Europe and those seats are so tight and cramped and my back has been really hurting after that. And it's just, you know, flying sucks. And the universe meant, well, fly first class then. And I went, I don't have the money for that. And the universe went, yeah, you do. I'll give you the money. Like even small things. I saw a, a beautiful Ford truck that I wanted today. And I was like, oh my God, the thing is beautiful. I would love to have that. And the universe went, okay, we'll go out and buy one then. And I said, I don't have the money. And the universe went, I'll give you the money. Not right now, but you'll get the money because you're totally going to be fine. So even in the smallest, smallest of ways, I continue to listen to that piece, to the universe. So it's in the big moments too and in everyday life. I just wanted to point that out. It's good psychology because lots of people do look at their bank account and they do look at things like, well, this hurts my back to fly and I don't have the money to fly or I really like this vehicle and they would might feel jealousy and you felt acceptance. You said to yourself, I can, I'll accept these things. I will receive abundance, mm -hmm. even though I don't see it in front of me right now. I'm not seeing my bank account showing up with money and I'm not seeing the fancy Ford truck that I wanted, but you know, it's coming. You know, it's all in the vortex to use Abraham Hicks language. Oh, yeah. 
totally. And it's so funny because for a, for a bit, I was like, you know, I really don't like where I'm living because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I have this total knowing that I have really have no idea where I'm going to end up, but I know it's going to be absolutely perfect. Like I know 100% the person I'm going to end up with, I know I'm going to be a mother. I have that knowing too. I, I've gone back and forth. I love kids and I've gone back and forth of like, do I want to bring a kid into this crazy world? But that's the ego speaking. That's the fear speaking. And I'm like, now it's, I know I'm going to have children and I know wherever I end up is going to be absolutely perfect. Just perfect. Like, it's like I can see the rest of my life, but it's just kind of blurred over. It's there. I totally know it's there, but it's just a little blurry. I can't quite see it 100%. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally know what you mean. I, you just <laughs> said a little while ago that it's really strange, the synchronicities, how we um, are yeah. having some of the same stuff. And that's that's my vision. I, there is, there's nothing inside of me that says that I'm not going to receive the abundance that my vibration says that I'm going to receive. Oh, like there's yeah. no, there's no back talk in there. No. I'm, I'm going to end up on the water somewhere, um, preferably some Hawaiian Island. Yep. Uh, I would love to be a book writer. I would love to be a blob on Maui. If, if yep. that's what it is. I, I say that because that's my dad's language. He likes to joke and call me a blob on, or say that that's what I want to be. Um, I love my dad to death, but, um, yeah, so I totally have this idea of complete bliss in my heart and in my vibration, and I'm vibrating there right now, and I don't have any of those things, and oh, that's yeah. fine with me. And I've also entertained the possibility, like I've taken it to the to the all the way to the end of my life, and I said, if the end of my life, if I'm 99 years old or however long I get to live. I don't attain any of those things, but I maintain this vibration. That's good too. Like I've released the attachment to this desire. Like I want abundance. I want certain things, but I don't, I'm not attached to them. They don't have to show up for me to feel fulfilled. And I think that's the key to manifestation. And I think that's what you're talking about. I totally get you because I was one who needed things in the materialistic world just recently i was struggling with the idea of moving from maine i didn't know what to do and just things weren't clicking and last winter i i struggled pretty hard with seasonal depression it's the winters are long up here it's no joke it is hard um and i was like do I want to go through that again? And I, and then I was rushing myself. I was like, okay, well, if I don't want to go, if I don't want to go through winter again, I need to pack my shit up now and get out. If I want to make it out of there by winter. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but all of a sudden the universe came to me and was like, when you are at peace, you were at home. So it doesn't matter if you are in Maine or you are on Mars. 
you are at peace, you are at home. And it's totally clicked for me. And ever since then, it's like I can I can see everything in front of me. Like, I, I know it's there. I know I'm going to have the house of my dreams because I'm ridiculous. I want to have, like, I have this vision for interior decorating in my house. But, <laughs> you know, I know that's going to happen. I know I'm going to end up with a husband. That was rocky for me. Speaking about the things that, speaking about the struggles with men and stuff, I was, for the longest time, I thought I was going to uh, die alone in this lifetime. But I've realized that I will definitely have a husband. I will have kids. Like, I can just totally see it. It's just a little blurry. It's there. I know it is. And is. I'd like to touch on that for a second. Yeah. Not on that specific incident although that's a good good one but just the fact that years ago i used to totally identify with a thought mm -hmm. and so if i had a thought that said i was not going to have a spouse we'll put yeah. it in the context that you just talked about then i really believed that oh, me and too. i think you are pointing to the fact that we have the capacity to change our beliefs. We have the capacity to say, the old me thought I did wasn't gonna have a spouse and that it was gonna be a struggle and that all men are assholes or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I can change that belief and say, not only am I gonna have a spouse, but I'm gonna have a good one. And this, this yeah. guy is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Like, to totally change your mindset there. Like, can you talk about how that happens? Like to the average person who just absolutely, you know, they've been through the trenches of life and men have been assholes and how can, how can thoughts equal destiny? Cause that's what you're, that's what you're saying. That is a very hard question. And I'm not entirely sure if I know, um, I'm not really sure how I got here to this knowing, honestly. I'm not saying that his words were like totally opposite to what his vibration was. I'm just saying that I jived on a, I just, his actions and his vibration were so totally clear to me. Yeah, and, and, and I'll just jump in and clarify words real quick because I know what yeah. you mean, which is uh, there were a lot of times when my words did uh -huh. not match my vibration if I said, I love you, I still had a vibration of fear. You sensed yeah. it. It didn't click. So you understand that words and vibrations don't always align, don't always, uh, aren't always on the same. They, they don't parallel each other. So yes. you yes. trust vibrations now more than you do words and, and actions. You trust actions and vibrations, probably vibrations, holy yes. actions. Eh, you got to see some length Correct. of time through the actions, right? Yes, 100%. Um, so from what I learned in Vegas, and then I think, I think it, it was the more I worked vibrationally, I've realized that my strong suit is picking up on other vibrations other people's vibrations, not consuming them, but sensing them. And I can totally sense 
when I am in the presence of someone who cares or doesn't care, or if someone's like when I was um, in New York coming back from uh, Europe, you know, I was by myself. I'm a woman. You know, you as women, we have irrational fears and well, very real fears about, you know, men kidnapping us or God knows what. Right. And I could totally tell as I was going through JFK, if somebody was a good person, quotation marks, people, quotation marks, or a bad person in quotation marks, if somebody had an ill, well, I'd say good and bad, and I'm not supposed to be saying that, like, (laughs) but you get me for this, for what I'm trying to say anyways. um, So I think once I realized I could trust vibrations 100%. And those vibrations were connected with the universe. That was when it all really started to click for me. The more I could see a man and vibrationally know that he was a compassionate person, that he was a good person in quotation marks, it made me realize that I was stereotyping men into one category because of the pain that I went through. The more I saw the actions of the vibrations that I was, of the, of the compassionate vibrations that I was getting, I think the just, it clicked then, I guess. But really it all comes down to my knowing. I just, I have this knowing now that the universe will give me a person that is completely right for me. Really. I just, at that point, it just gets down to that knowing. The the universe gave you a mom and dad that were completely right for you. And they were, and I'll speak for me, the the father was highly unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Well... You just said you were going to get a spouse that was right for you. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that you also got a father that was right for you. No. Okay. Let me. Oh, Jesus. Let me put this correctly. Okay. (laughs) I know that the universe is going to give me a husband that is the person that I will grow with and will continue to trust in vibrationally the correct person sure there'll be lessons to be learned in that relationship but correct as in intimate partner yes i know what you mean and we could sum it up by just saying you you your husband you will be you're going to match up with a husband who's highly conscious and they're (laughs) aware of their own the, the possibilities of their own karmic unconscious energy and they, they, they won't allow those kinds of things to interfere. Yes. Thank you. And that's what I'm looking for too. I'm looking for a, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married again. That's a whole weird topic for me of this is just a weird thing, but mm-hmm. I do know that I would love to have a significant other, um, and I do know she's going to be my vibrational match, very conscious, just like I described your husband, just yeah. conscious and 
and aware and very comfortable and um, more in tune with being mentally at peace than observing the world out there and deciding that I'm going to feel this or that way based on what the world looks like. So I know that's coming my way. I think yeah. it's coming your way too, obviously. And it's because we're working on ourselves. That is <laughs> so huge. I mean, you, you say that with a smile on your face and so softly, but that is, that is number one priority work on ourselves. It's because Number we're one. working on ourselves. Yeah. Number one in every single category, work on yourself. Number one. That should yes. be the first thought that should pop to your head in the morning and the last thought when you go to bed. You. You are the most important thing. Work on you. Yes. And that doesn't mean overindulge in ice cream and put more money on your credit card than you have or go on vacation for an extra long time or buy yourself a brand new car. Overindulge in, in ourselves, like taking care of us means vibrationally accepting that our body, our temple of God, our can, whatever you want to call this thing, that we live in, that we inhabit, should be filled with vibrational energy of love and peace. And if it's not, we need to ask ourselves why it's not. Not look out into the world and say that person's an asshole, so I feel shitty, or this job sucks, so I feel shitty. It means why am I translating what I'm seeing into a bad vibration inside my body? Yes, an easier way to put that would be okay. take care of your inner child. Your inner child yeah. is number one. Yes, you're right. <laughs> That's an easier way to put it, but yes. Yeah, I like that because people are so willing to go the extra mile for someone else. And when we look at our inner vibration as the inner child, we do want to go the extra mile now. All of a sudden it changes dynamics and it says, oh, there's a little child in me. And every time, I mean, think of a mom and the baby in embryo. Every time the mom drinks alcohol, the baby experiences the alcohol. Yep. And so our inner child, every time I get angry, I'm creating negative vibrations that my inner child has to suffer through. Every time I become suicidally depressed, every time I, insomnia, chronic severe anxiety we're sending those vibrations to our inner child yeah and that is not a fun place to be in no it is not a fun place it is really difficult i spent whew, 35 some years in suicidal depression in and out of that but insomnia um chronic severe anxiety yes I wrote a book, Stop yeah. Thinking, How to Break Free from Depression and Anxiety Two Minutes at a Time, and I've turned my life around. And as you can attest to, I'm a different guy, I'm a totally different vibrational <laughs> being. <laughs> You're laughing. Oh, God, it's so funny because 
It's so dramatic that if your body, like, was you and your soul came out and was put into another body, I would not recognize you now. If you put your soul, you, into another body, I would not recognize it as you. Like, at all. Vibrationally, no. No. You have totally, like, done a 160, 80, 2,000 degrees around. <laughs> like, it's unrecognizable. And interestingly enough, I did that for myself. I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for my parents. I didn't do it for the government. I didn't do it for, yep. I did it because I was sick of listening to myself lead the way in life. And I kept ending up in dead end alleys. And I asked myself, what the hell is going on in my life? I've tried to follow religion, tried to follow what my parents taught me. I tried to follow government, society rules. I had all these beliefs in my mind that I needed to do. Check this box, check that box. And I thought I did them all. Yep. And I did. I did a lot of them. And I ended up in some really shitty environments, feeling really shitty on the inside. And that was when I questioned myself. And then I started working on myself and realized I'm the creator of my reality. I realized all that karmic energy that is just recreating crap, recreating crap because I was, because of my unobserved mind, I didn't realize that these thoughts were controlling me. I was a slave to my thoughts. I was a slave to people. I was a slave to my emotions. And I know you know what all of that means because you were, I, I taught you that, that, that was how I raised you. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we can accept that. Yes. Yes. It's, it's liberating for many reasons. And I bring that up a lot because many, many, many people are in those, in those kinds of shoes and then they want to feel guilty. And I knew that it, it wasn't going to help myself or you to feel guilty that I was an unconscious parent. Yeah. That wasn't going to help anything. That's just another layer of being unconscious. I needed to forgive myself. I needed to have peace and love in my heart so that you could sense that you're a vibrational being. You can sense that you can sense, you can sniff out whether I'm fearful or I'm bullshitting you when I say I love you and really I'm full of fear. You, yeah. you know, and those people that were walking around unconscious, the only people they can bullshit are other unconscious people. Bottom line, we were done being in pain. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, that's the saying, um, the suffering is necessary until it's not soft, until it's not necessary. And there yeah. it is. You just said it. Yeah. We both choose every day to choose love and peace over pain. And some you know, days are harder than others. That's a really important point that you're bringing up right there. I think a lot of people think that there's a light switch. 
they they think that you you flip the switch and life is golden for the rest of your life <laughs> and it's not there are life still comes at us yeah credit card debt still piles up job issues still happen uh misunderstandings between people um deliberate or not deliberate it's still there and we like you said it's it's i think it's every second of every day we need to make the mental choice to align yeah and then after a while it becomes less and less of a choice and more and more of a habit like what we said in the beginning it's a lifestyle the more you choose to stop being in pain the easier it gets to stop listening to the bullshit that tells you that you're not worthy and you're not enough and that you will never amount to anything because all of those are programmed into our heads. They're programmed into our heads to learn that we are way more than enough. We are, like you said, we're vibrational beings. The things that we can accomplish, the things that we can do one day, after another day, after another day of choosing to not be in pain. So here's the way I look at the choice thing, because I've noticed in my own life, I am choosing less and less to be aligned. I, it still happens every day, every second, it still happens. I'm not where I want to be vibrationally, but yeah. the choice is less and less. And I the, here's a great uh, metaphor for that, which is, um, you go into a buffet and there's a whole bunch of food that you cannot stand. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, there's a whole bunch of wonderful foods that you love. Yeah. How many times do you go in a buffet and say, I'm just going to taste this food that I know tastes awful. You never. How many times do we do that? Never. But we do that vibrationally. We dip our toes back into the unconscious realm. We don't realize we're doing that purposefully, mm -hmm. but we are. Every time we let our vibrational guard down, we've now made a choice to taste that shitty food at the buffet. We've yeah. now made a choice to allow ourselves to be manipulated by misaligned unconscious people. We allow that fear to, to develop inside the, the mind and the body. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm a pro at this, but I know where I'm going vibrationally, which is I will never eat out of the buffet table foods that I don't like anymore. I will never do that. And I'm 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 getting to the point where it's not even going to be a choice. Like I'm not even going to look at that. I'm not even going to entertain it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And that was, that's been something I'm working through, especially last week when we talked about like me dipping my toe into it to test it. And what I've been realizing is that I still have to be consciously aware that I need to be, you know, aligning, but what's been coming easier is I am way more aware of how many times the universe reminds me that I need to be aligned. And not even like with back pain or anxiety, but very, very small things. Like if a, a habitual thought 
comes in, sometimes it's like the universe is just like, Hannah, look at that thought for a second. Like, I know you're in that emotion of that thought, but just look at it for a second. And then it kind of like clicks that it's not a conscious thought. So I'm, every day I'm becoming more aware of it, but it's still something that I have to remind myself to continuously be aligned. Like, I still have to remind myself of it, but I'm always aware of it now. Does that even make any sense? Oh, totally. Yeah, I totally got it. The awareness and the alignment, it's kind of... You would think it's the same thing, but it's not. No. Yeah. You would think, oh, once you're aware, you're aligned, but it's not like that. No. No. So, I don't know how we got onto this conversation earlier, but Dad said that when we are aligned and we let our minds become still and we completely align that we are in silence. There's, we're in nothingness. And I said, yeah, because the universe is nothingness, which like points to a big concept of how can something be everything, but also be nothing? How can the universe be the air that we breathe and the thoughts that we think and all of the things that we can't explain, but it's also nothingness because when we get to that stillness, that mental stillness, there it's, it's nothing, but something and everything, which all of that makes no sense. Right. I, I agree. It's a really difficult topic to cover. And I think part of it is because language is limiting. So we don't quite have the right words to speak about the great mother or the Tao or God or source energy, whatever. Uh, and I also think that our, our minds need to compartmentalize things and put limitations on things and, and define things. And in the way I process nothing is because I, I said to you, where does sound come from? Oh yeah. Nothing. Where does the colors on the artist's canvas come from? Nothing. Where, where did the, you know, we, we break everything down the table, the atoms that made the table. Let's break that down the, the molecular level. Let's go all the way down to quantum physics. And now we're at 99.99 or 99% uh, energy, nothing and 0.001% matter. So my, my point is that, that there's this nothingness where everything comes from. Yeah. But I think that is, and, and you're like, well, obviously it comes from something because it's everything and, and you're right. So it's nothing and it's everything all at the same time. But that's because that's the only way our minds can understand it. We, it's, we can't grasp infinity 
because we have to have a start and a finish line for everything infinity forever i mean we can't grasp the idea that we're going to be in this earth suit and then we're going to be in another earth suit and another earth suit or maybe we'll be reincarnated as a bird or a fly i don't know but some other energy form it's hard for us to grasp the concept that we are god also we're an emanation we're like the ray of sun coming from the sun we're we're that divine bloodline of eternal everything and forever it's just almost impossible to categorize to define and so you have to use like millions of different concepts and words and and ways to describe it in order to point to this one thing that's terribly difficult to point to but I think it's just because our mind is limited. We just don't have the capacity to speak about this enormity, enormous thing. Yeah, that reminds me of, we are a part of a, a Facebook Live every Wednesday. And one of the Wednesdays, I can't remember. Um, one of the, the women in in the live is a medium and she was talking about how she views the breakdown of our soul and it kind of like caught me off guard how she thinks that our soul is not all of our soul is in our body do you remember this uh vaguely it makes sense to me, but it's a little crazy. Like that our whole soul, our, our spirit, our soul, whatever you want to call it, not all of it is in our body. Part of it is somewhere with the universe, but only a small portion of it is in our bodies because our human bodies can't contain all of it, which is mind blowing. So something that is like completely divine, something that is wholly ours, can't fit in the earth suit that we're in. Like, you know, you use the word soul and yeah. I kind of had a different perception, but now when I process it as what you are saying as divine energy, it makes sense to me. Like God, the source, Tao, this this divine energy yeah. rather than soul if i call it divine energy if i call it god it's in absolutely everything it's in the zoom call that we're speaking through it's in the computers it's in the glasses you know the the bible says jesus said like look in the the rock and you will find me or look in the flower and you will find me like oh, the divine energy is everywhere Oh, wait a second. Okay, I think I know how you're viewing it, and it's not how I view it. Or no, uh, I didn't think of viewing it this way. Are you saying that our entire, the entirety of our soul is the universe? And a small part of that is broken from the universe and put into this earth suit. Is that how you view it? Um, yes, I wouldn't have used the word broken, but well, yes, it's a piece. Yeah, it's like broken off. I know what you mean, but yeah. Yes, agreed. This divine energy is just absolutely everywhere. It's like Wi-Fi, though. You can't see it, but it's constantly running in front of our eyes all the time. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's molecules and atoms. It's flies. It's dust. It's tables. It's people. 
it's everywhere. It is everywhere and nowhere all at one time. Oh, see, funny. I break it down even one step further. Hmm. So I break it down as the universe. And then I'm going to use the word break again, but the soul breaks from the universe. And then it's, if we're thinking of it as a circle, and then half of the circle pops off and goes into the human, and then the rest of it's just like wandering. <laughs> That's how I view it. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of weird when I explain it, because I'm like, what is the other half of my soul doing just like floating in nothingness? <laughs> but I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't. I, personally, I wouldn't separate like, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really good in this category. So what we're talking about, I'm, I don't have my head wrapped around soul and the actual definition of it. So that's why I just keep saying, well, if I replace the word soul with the div divinity, with the divine, well, this, this divine everything that creates absolutely everything, there, uh, all of me is in me, uh, you know, like, I don't know, I don't see the soul as separate from it. I just see the soul as this divine thing. Okay, so I, I think I just figured out how I view it. So... I think, I think I think of it as like a signature, like an energy signature. So the universe, this whole nothingness and everythingness is, a, is an energy signature. I Bear with me here. Which is divine energy. I view souls as divine energy like you do because it's coming from the universe. But I think how I view this, how I understand it, is when this circular blob, if we want to call it that, of divine energy breaks from the universe. It has its own energy signature. It is divine energy. It's coming from the universe, but it, it has a, a signature to it. Half of it's broken off and gone into our bodies, our, our suits. And I think this is how I view soul contracts too, because I can identify another vibrational signature in another person on the earth if they're from my soul family. I think. I think that's how I, it just came to me. So I think that's how I view it, but who knows? I don't, who, who knows who's right? I have no idea. I like I say, I don't know much about the soul family, soul contract stuff. I like to keep it really general um, and broad, which is, you know, we're we're everything is divine and it's either unconscious or conscious. working on its way to being conscious. Yeah. And you know, the the people that are conscious, it's easier for me to see the divinity within them. Uh, the people that are unconscious it's harder for me to see the divinity within them, but it's my job to look and to find it. Okay. Yeah. But I don't really look at it like, well, this person's in my soul family and that person's not. I just look at them as, hey, this person's conscious, this person's unconscious. Yeah, I get you. 
That's not to say that the way you look at it isn't right, because I know without a doubt that people used to think the earth was flat and we found out it's round. We feel like we're standing still, is sitting still in these chairs. Really, there is no up or down. The earth is just spinning out of control through the universe, so through the galaxy and so forth. So my senses are not always accurate. There might be an alien sitting next to me, <laughs> you know, I don't know, patting me on the back. And I'm not going to say no to anything. I'm going to be open to absolutely everything. So soul contracts, I don't totally have my head wrapped around them, but I'm totally open to that being yeah. a possibility for sure. Who knows? Who knows at this point, right? Right. I think that's the point, not to really know. Know with the knowing, the knowing of the universe, but besides that, the whatever. Yeah, who cares? Roll with the punches. Just know that we're aligned with divinity, all is well, and whatever shows up in our circumstances shows up in the circumstances. We can change them, don't change them, whatever, just stay aligned. Stay at peace, all is well. Life is really easy. It is. We make it complicated. We yeah. decide to think that it's crappy. We decide to look at this glass, this paradigm of life. It's, it's a glass filled at it or, you know, at the halfway point. And we can decide to say it's half full or half empty. It's good or it's bad. Yeah, I agree. Well, everyone, this concludes this week's podcast. As always, we love being here. We uh, we love our in-depth conversations. I, the more in-depth they are, the more uh, interesting they are, at least for me anyways. But um, I hope everyone has a safe and happy week. We will see everybody next Sunday. Hannah, it was a great episode. Every Sunday is a great episode. I love speaking with you. And it's always better than I thought it would be. And I know that sounds strange, but when we start, yeah. before we start talking, I look forward to it. And then when we get into it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is this is good. I, I like the depth and I like how we bring up stuff that is even challenging for us to oh, explain. Yeah. Like we work through stuff right here live which or not live but well, pre-recorded but semi-live whatever yeah we work through this stuff from a place of i don't know it's it's vulnerable to be able to do this on this platform and it's fun too oh it is so much fun it is and the vulnerability can you know be a little scary sometimes but i think that's that's the point of us doing this and i actually i've gotten a lot of people saying that they appreciate the vulnerability on this podcast which i think is awesome so you know i love it but very true i i love doing this too and i actually uh i would have never imagined that we that i would be navigating the weirdness of my mind and spirituality with you on a podcast. That's really cool to be able to say that and do that. It is. We understand, I th at least for me, I understand myself better the more I do this. 
Yeah, same. I, this is a learning journey for me, and I don't want to miss a podcast. By the way, we, we're almost going to miss this Sunday because of my work, and I came back a little early, and it worked out good, and yeah. I don't want to miss. I like our Sunday talks for sure. Me too.